This episode of Probably Science is brought to you by The Great Courses Plus. Visit thegreatcoursesplus.com slash probably for a 30-day free trial. And while you're there, we recommend that you check out the Life and Death of Stars lecture series. It's great. Give it a listen, thegreatcoursesplus.com slash probably. Probably Science. And welcome to Probably Science. This is Andy Wood speaking. I'm Matt Kirshen. Hello that was, there. That was more formal than usual. I, I got to change it up. I'm worried like too many times the, the beginning is of all these podcasts are indistinguishable. That's that's a problem for. You, you answered it like you started it like someone in the 70s answering the phone. This is I. It is Andy Wood's residence. Ahoy hoy. <laughs> you know I, that, that story behind why Montgomery Burns says ahoy hoy. Go on. Because that was what uh, that was what. Alexander Graham Bell's like he was like well I invented the phone so I'm also going to invent the rules for the phone and he said when you answer the telephone you should say ahoy hoy that's going to be the new thing we say <laughs> with telephones can I say this this beginning is already different because you've never told that story within the introduction of the show so this is different it's than always the other introductions different. Yeah. And, and this introduction is also different because it contains the voice of a first time guest an old time friend a former stand up now just full on in writer's world, it's Mr. Daniel Dominguez. I'm in it. I'm in the show. <laughs> I did it. <laughs> and also longtime podcaster. Your podcast yeah. predates this one. It truly does. We did, what, three years of that? And then we were all like, man, it's meeting every Sunday is a lot of work. How, what, what year did you start that, you think? I would say 2007. That's early days. Early That's days. Early days of podcasting, yeah. Yeah, that was very much in the, like, you can just... You, what if you can, like, be eating while you're doing it, and the, even though the sound is in it, it's fine, <laughs> of the thing you, in your mouth? Nothing we've ever done on the show has garnered as many complaints as the few times that someone has eaten near a microphone. Mm-hmm. Oh, are you? Did you do it? What, did you, what were you eating? I can't even remember now but I, I know people were we got and because it's our listenership not only do we get people going i had to turn it off i couldn't listen but we also get people sending articles about misophonia right. and this is what it what happens when you put someone in an mri when uh, <laughs> when they're forced to listen to chewing sounds i mean i that you get blocked if you're me i'm blocking you i don't want to i don't want, don't send articles man what are we doing here <laughs> come on we're we've got to open the Pandora's box of article sending, though. We so. are. We are very much. We do actively encourage it. Well, I mean, that's cool. You guys sound cool. <laughs> I'm gonna eat fucking chips. <laughs> we'll, see, we'll see how you like it. Yeah. Why did I can't remember the reason why we would have been eating on, on those past episodes? I was think it? someone brought in some snacks. It wasn't related to the topic at hand or something. No, really? there were just snacks. There were snacks within hand range of the various guests. Were they crunchy? Because crunchy is the worst. There was some I crunchy think. in the... Anyway. I mean, is crunchy worse than just like lip-smacking sounds? That's also going to get people going, I think. Well, lip-smacking sounds, you have like a small subsection of fans who will be like, this is the most yes. erotic podcast I've yes. ever heard. I'm touching the uh, microphone now, which yeah. is good for some reason. Can you guys uh, have your mouths be wetter in the in more in the rest of the episodes? <laughs> Can you be yeah. phlegmier? Yeah, that's that. That's the kind of fan base you want. You know what my misophonia is? Uh, I have a friend. I'll go so far as to say a podcast, past podcast mm-hmm. guest, 
who is very funny, but sometimes will have that sound like you need to clear your throat, but he doesn't do it for a long time. Oh. Like, just stop and clear it. Like we could hear it building up. Oh, you don't God. have to keep yeah. it going. Like Bernie in the that the Democratic debate a couple like two debates ago or whatever it was, where he's just like he the whole time he sounds like a fucking bird <laughs> got lodged in his throat and he's just like, I'm this. gonna leave this here. He was just like so it was like, blah, blah, blah. And you're like oh bro, just like lean over <laughs> your dais and just fucking just spit up whatever's in your throat <laughs> and then set keep set aside one percent of this speech to lean over and uh, yeah what was that this what was that of the ah, oh hey. you're doing a one percent pun yeah yeah, yeah. let's Listen, let's. It wasn't the best. No, I think we should be silent for 30 seconds in honor of that pun, and then you guys can keep going. That's the least we can do for the, for the 99% of our podcast listeners who hey. did not enjoy that joke. Why don't we add the 30 seconds of silence as a bonus a at bonus the end of the episode? Yeah. <laughs> That's a good idea. Hey, guys. They did that on this uh, on CDs. You used to get that were like reissues of albums, and then they put bonus tracks. Oh, the, the secret end. track? Right, yeah. not even that, but there was one like I bought when I first bought "My Aim Is True" by Elvis Costello. It gets like this track to preserve the integrity of the original track includes thirty seconds of silence before going into its bonus tracks. I'm like, what? who cares? That's like awful. it's not you're not playing it on a record player. They're just tracks. You can just skip ahead of it. Sometimes we'll do like because like Blink One Eighty Two in their like back in the nineties or whatever, they'd have like a fun little joke track where they'd be like, oh, oh, I'm right. gonna, I'm pissing on my face or whatever. And you're like, that's why'd you say that? And then the next song will start. But now sometimes. Unlike Spotify or whatever, they will have retained like a portion of that oh, <laughs> under the end of, or beginning of the song. You're like, what? And it's like disconnected and out of context. It's so weird. I can't, that ruined like Queens of the Stone Age, great band, but their best album is ruined by those dumb interstitials that like a <sighs> fake radio station. Like you can't pull it out of, and they fade into them before the song fades out. So it's like inextricably part of that song just now. make it a separate tra- there's no yeah. like yeah. E- like every time I listen to your whatever emotional song about divorce I need to hear your hilarious sketch <laughs> yeah. that, that you a rock band thought of <laughs> or that fucking uh, Glenn Danzig album from 93 that had mm. Mother 93 the 93 remix of Mother oh no or the, that's what we all know is Mother 93 yeah and that song was actually track 93 on the CD so you had to like skip ahead through <sighs> 80 tracks okay. of silence like oh look what we can do with CD technology like yeah you can do a thing oh. that made you laugh maybe at once and then and now we have to early trolling. That's yeah. early era trolling. Good for him for in, 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 inventing a shitty thing that's ruined culture forever. <laughs> CT tracks ruined culture. That's how Trump got elected. We all know it. Yeah, it's Danzig's fault. Why? If he had just put it on yeah. fucking I don't know track thirty or something, like haha, we got it. You're an asshole. <laughs> Ninety three. Nope. Come on, man. Tell your children not to uh, vote for a yeah. fake billionaire. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, well, hold, I mean, I'd like to stress that everything that we've been talking about so far is absolutely science related. Yes, and yes. if you don't think that, you're show. wrong. So, uh, when you're not writing your science related TV shows, yeah. Damn. <laughs> yeah, so they're all very science related. Very science related. Yeah. You you've had a I, you've had an impressive resume over the last few years. Oh, thank you. You got some SpongeBob in there. Oh, you yes. Got some uh you wrote on Loud House, which I had half an episode guest appearance on. Yeah. Yeah, I saw you that day. I saw Matt at Nickelodeon, and we said hi to each other, and then he left. It was really nice. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I know about Loud House. Oh, God. Yeah, I, I wrote an episode it, for Loud House. It is very popular, as I found out after being lucky enough to end up in half an episode. Oh, it's like the biggest kid show out right now, I think. Really? They, they? just did, they just did a spinoff, actually, which is really cool. It's um, it's a the first... Uh, li- 
Latin Latino family uh, animated kids Latino family I think um, in that demographic like the 6 to 11 demographic and speaking of which you now have a series that you helped shepherd truly on Netflix yeah, we. It, I, I mostly have written these these wonderful last eight years on uh, comedy uh, TV shows, and I got the opportunity to develop and uh, sell to Netflix a kung fu horror adult animated genre TV series. Sweet, uh, with uh, the brilliant Alvaro Rodriguez uh, and uh, Brad Graver, uh, who both of them co-created the show. Uh, Brad Gaber is the CEO of Powerhouse Animation. They did Castlevania. Oh, sweet. Yeah, and so it's just a very bloody, intense, uh, very R-rated, like, kung fu horror battle thing. It takes place in Mexico in the 70s, so it's got all these, like, grindhouse elements and, like, all these, like, homages to um, John Carpenter, early John Carpenter and stuff. Yeah, it was a lot of fun to write. And it is called? It is called Seis Manos, which means six hands in Spanish. Seis Manos. It came out October 3rd. Uh, of this year of our Lord 2019, and we have 100% rating on Rotten Tomatoes so far. No, no splats. No splats. Nice I word. am. I am just over the halfway mark in the season. I'm very much enjoying it. I, d- mm-hmm. I didn't know. I did think because you wrote it, I thought it would be more of a comedic series. It's oh, not. No. It's full on. Like it's just totally, it, and it's di- it's dark and sad, and like d- terrible things happen. <laughs> Yes, yeah. it's, it's really, it's really quite, it's really quite bleak in place. But no, it's not a comedy at all. There's like fun moments. Yeah, there are jokes like any show or yeah, like movie how has, but... every now and again you laugh while you're watching The Godfather. Right, but <laughs> but it's definitely not. No, it's not a comedy. It's not as funny as award-winning comedies like The Martian. Or, yeah, uh, no. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no. Classic hilarity machine, The Martian. <laughs> it was real. Well, like, I watched Succession, and that's built as a comedy. Like, it has funny moments. I don't think it's primarily. Is it built as a comedy? It's built as a comedy. A comedy. I mean, it's created by Jesse Armstrong, who was a comedy writer, but again, I would and not call that. It's a Gary that. Sanchez production, but, like, yeah. it's just not that. Maybe it's not that joke dense comedy. Well, I always, show, I always feel like, because a lot of times I feel like drama gets mislabeled as comedy. Like, to me. You know, for it to be a comedy, the premise, storylines, and situations have to be are comedic. Yeah. And then a dramedy is this middle thing where the premise, storylines, and situations are dramatic, but there's funny people in it, uh, or funny, or people say amusing things to each other, and that I think is sort of where Succession falls into very much that dramedy yeah, space. Yeah. And then drama, you know, that's just where I don't know Sandra Bullock dies. At some point, or whatever the fuck, I don't know. There's probably or other is movies. Sleeping while Bill Pullman is trying to woo her. Is that the plot of While You Were Sleeping? I and then she's asleep while Bill Pullman's hitting on her. I think, I think so. so. She's in a coma. I, don't I know. think that's this, the the when you see on the billboard, it, it says the movie where Bill Pullman <laughs> was hitting on a sleeping lady. Yeah, <laughs> and then the title. <laughs> I'm gonna watch it. So, so Dan, when you're not doing that, what what yeah. if anything is your background in science? We like to ask our guests this before we get deep into the stories. I ha- am aware of it. Okay. As a concept, I believe it. As an atheist, I think it's the true one. (laughs) (laughs) It's a fair description. Yeah. And so whatever, like, the majority of scientists say, I just say, well, that's true. And then I'm also, like, I will say I'm a very, very, very heavily into science fiction. Mm. 
Um, and specifically, you know, like your Ursula K. Le Guin's and and such like that, uh, your William Gibson's and all this sort of stuff. So the, the idea of like futurism and technology is always very exciting and appealing to me. So I, I, I am a nerd in it in that I'll like see all the cool weird shit science is doing and be excited by it, but I don't actually understand any of it, even at the most basic level. That's cool, though. Yeah. Are, you, are you a future optimist? I guess all op- optimism is about the future. Are you an optimist uh, in terms of uh, science and tech and society? Oh, absolutely not. I am. I'm certain. I am. I think we have a ninety percent chance of of civilization ending right around twenty fifty, and a ten percent chance of it continuing if we uh, if we jettison growth economy and stop using oil. And I don't think science will help us one another. I think probably the most likely scenario is we'll fuck up keep using oil because we we're all addicted to it and then at some point some like some like hubristic tech billionaire moron will just without asking fire a bunch of black matter into the air and then we won't have sunlight anymore <laughs> and then we'll all die like it'll be some sort of like yeah that's it's what it'll it's us. sudden and everyone's yeah. involved yeah so i think tech has done amazing things but then in the end yeah um, it'll 100 percent be elon musk black cloud 100%. project yeah some tech <laughs> boner guy will just kill us all by, because he was like well well, if I save if I save us, then I, I will get all the blowjobs. And then inevitably, it'll just cloud cloud the sky, and we'll all die. And we'll be like, God damn it! Well, for for a brief period of time, for a week and a half, the temperature was correct. Yes, <laughs> guys, it's like seventy two degrees and sun. Like right now, yeah, there's no sunlight, and there never will be again. And the temperature is dropping precipitously. Yeah. But Why I did are it, the right? Butterflies all dying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like the first time you're really cold in the fall or winter and you're trying to get yourself in the mindset of remember how bad it was in August and how much I would have yeah. killed to be in this but then 10 minutes later like no all that matters is it's freezing right yeah, now it's, yeah because it's can't fun can't will myself out of yeah. Andy you were so right that cold is not is fun is never fun for more than 10 minutes and right. then it's just deeply unpleasant even a workplace that's overly air conditioned oh yeah. I hate it's, that uh, and I'm a tiny boy too, and so like I always have to bring a hoodie or a jacket or something to to like a writer's room because yeah. you know inevitably everyone wants to be 64 degrees. I in my also body. I haven't I've worked in as many rooms as you, but I've I've been in a fair few production buildings, and there is as far as I can tell, there is not a production building or writer's room in the world that has a temperature control that works to any satisfactory degree. No, it's crazy. I don't know how this relatively simple technology cannot manage to stay within one or two degrees of comfort. Well, I actually do think it is because, uh, and and I say this as a a rational uh, science-believing atheist, karma has decided because our job is basically to get paid a ton of money to bullshit, that we should at least be a little uncomfortably cold while we're doing it. (laughs) Or uncomfortably warm. Yeah, whatever. There's no middle ground at all. But there are constantly free Twixes on hand. Oh my god, they so want me to just have my my body be made 90% of caramel. It's so upsetting. Yeah, I don't need any more peanut butter filled pretzels. I think I got the gout from that this time. Can you get pretzel gout? <laughs> I don't so. know what gives you... You have a disease that killed rich people in the 18th century? Yeah, they had too many pretzels. Everyone <laughs> knows that, uh, made, uh, that uh, monarchs of yore yeah. had much access to twisted salted bread. Was that yeah. the uh, Henry VIII Steely Dam covers band? Monarchs of yore? <laughs> Wait, pretzel gout. Pretzel gout. Okay, yeah, yeah. I think those are both legitimate titles based on that question. Probably. I think, I think that's accurate. Yeah. Um, well... While we yeah. are talking about why people do things and go about doing things, again, mm-hmm. we we don't we we don't do this isn't the reason we do this show. We do this show for a, for our, our own love of it and for the interaction we get with our audiences. 
But I won't deny that once again, and this has been mo- many years in a row now, once again, we have been passed over by the Nobel Committee. Mm. What? Yeah. But I emailed them <laughs> for you. What was the address you were sending it to again? It was, it was, it was J- John Nobel at Nobel dot Nobel. <laughs> Is that not right? <laughs> dot I, sh- it, it should absolutely go to him. Yeah. I mean, I got an email back from the dark web asking if I, I wanted a Malaysian boy <laughs> half off. That literally means a Malaysian boy to- torso, right? Yeah, That's they wanted I, the top or the bottom. You got to specify which. Is on sale. Yeah. <laughs> so that there have been yeah. the Nobel Prizes for chemistry, physics, and medicine have been announced. And the other ones have also been announced probably by the time this comes out because we're recording a little bit early but also we care less about those anyway as far Mm. as this show goes wow that's really that's a really direct fuck economics and peace wow and literature peace yeah i've never liked (laughs) peace 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 sounds boring you can't what are you gonna do in peace is that all of them are there six nobel categories have i missing one don't look at fucking Uh, me man you got wrath uh, envy, um, <laughs> sloth. There's uh, Donatello, Leonardo, Raphael, Prancer. <laughs> <laughs> Who are all the guys in sync? We can name them. I don't. Go, I'm in. We'll do it. Let's just list. Let's list random categories <laughs> for are. 40 minutes. So we should do a, a bit of a Nobel episode. We'll have time maybe for one or two other stories as well. But there's been so. The what do you, what do you want to start with? Which one would you? What is your Nobel Prize category of choice? Well, before this podcast, I, I believe Andy called uh, physics the uh, figure skating of the Nobels of the Nobels. Well, the, then the, I then I realized it might not be the biggest. What is the what is the banner event of either Olympics? What's the biggest thing in, in winter or summer Olympics? I think in summer Olympics, I think it's the hundred meters. Yeah, I mean, I th- I think now it's it's uh, Super Street Fighter Two Turbo. <laughs> No, I Why think won't they let esports? I mean, we have some yeah. listeners who write in and, and give the argument for that. I'm like, sure, I don't know. Esports in the Olympics? I don't know. Don't know. The same reason they don't is bowling in the Olympics. Exactly. Like, it I might be. It, I don't think possible. so. It's possible. There are some really there are some events in the Olympics that are yeah that definitely require less hand eye coordination and skill than esports. Well, okay, but. So wait, but like, but they create they require physical prowess. I but, feel like that's a precondition. Well, I think physical it's physical prowess. prowess as well. I think you could well, like, argue what, archery and shooting. Archery opposed. and shooting. I was going to say very similar to video games. I, that's actually I hadn't thought of archery and shooting. Now I think video games should be in. Yeah. Now I was kind of fully prepared to be on the other side of this argument. And you fucking convinced me of the single sentence. Yeah, it's like, what's your definition of a sport? Does it require you to break a sweat? Does it require it requires some kind of physical activity? I think, but I, even esports do. For so, me, uh, the definition of a sport is anything that if you ask me to do it, I won't. <laughs> <laughs> I will be averse to it. Yeah, yeah. but I do think there you're are, right. There are a fair few things that I would not have thought considered a sport that fall under. Oh, that really? No, they're not. No, those are those are sports. <laughs> Whatever you're about to name, those are sports. All right. It's a broad and problematic list. What are you doing in there? Playing sports. Doing sports. I do think you're right, though. I do think figure skating is the, like, that's the that's the primo uh, That probably is the marquee sport. winter event. Okay, then, yeah, I'm going to stick with physics as the figure skating. Wait, what's the one? Actually, no, what's the one with the, like, red-haired, tiny chewing gum extreme sport boy? 
he has the well, that's he, like he has he, the chewing the, gums. Well, that's one of the esports. You mean one of the esports, or what do you say? No, that's like a win. Is oh, that no, like a winner? Uh, like the downhill, the well, he does like the half pipe snowboarding. And, yeah, like yeah. like hella cool snowboarding. That's like a winner. Hella cool snowboarding is definitely becoming a marquee. But that's Olympic? also a fairly recent addition to the Winter Olympic roster. Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, well, I mean, what's the analogous Nobel Prize to the uh, ski jump? Is there a Nobel Prize where you can get hurt really badly if you mess up? I think and I, people want to see it for that reason. Well, peace. I think sure, yeah. Many yeah, peace, yeah. Peace, is, peace is a ski jumping at the Nobels. The, yeah. the, I think the peace prize does carry the largest risk of some horrendous. Sure. Yeah, we're all. It's the one we're all a little embarrassed by. Mm-hmm. That's why. <laughs> I'm for peace. I like whoever would make peace. peace. I think whoever makes the peace should get a prize. Here's what I think, though, because there's because it seems like to me we haven't done a super good job of the making pe- the peace. Mm-hmm. I, I, it feels premature to give anyone that. Yeah, uh, until there is actual complete peace. Just any, no, just anywhere, peace, anywhere in any has, category for any reason. Like some, some mother should get the Nobel peace in this house. All I want for Christmas is peace in this house. <laughs> yeah, a lady who made, had had made her fa- had her family or man. It's 2019. Had one good Christmas. Yeah, that would be an achievement. Someone who brought extra coloring books on a plane. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, for everybody. Yeah. Oh, that would be peace. For everybody, dude. <laughs> for the adults. <laughs> for the adults. Sure. You don't want to fucking. Cut. What else are you gonna do on no, a plane? I Watch a like uh, I don't know. Uh, 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 Adam Sandler movie wanna, again. There are, there are adult coloring books as yeah. well for mindfulness. Exactly. I don't want to alienate our, our coloring book enthusiast so, fans. I'm sure. So let's. Are, all right. Yeah. Let's open with physics then. Physics. Yeah. Because it's a split Nobel Prize. It's uh. It's a. 50-25-25 split, <gasps> as they sometimes do. I, th- I believe the Nobel Prize, each category can be awarded to at least, sorry, to at most three people. Huh, okay. Uh, but it can be divided up How does that... in equal parts, or it can be divided up in... But what does that mean? Like 25, 25, 50, what does that actually... I don't understand what, so, that, what that quantifies. They have a, the Nobel Prize comes with a fairly hefty prize. Oh, the money. So it comes with a prize money of 9 million krona, which is around a million dollars. And so that's split up 25, and 25. That is split. Yeah, one person got half of that, and the other two split. Who taxes the remaining. that? I don't know. Does someone tax? Is it like? Is it like I'm how sure if you win it, taxed. Price is Right or whatever, you get like a jet ski, but then you're like, oh shit, I can't afford the tax <laughs> yeah. on this. <laughs> no, yeah, the IRS is instantly like, which do you want your jet ski or are you going to sell your washing machine to yeah. keep the jet ski? That's right. They put it on Craigslist. They put the yeah. Nobel Prize on Craigslist. I'm too poor to pay the taxes on my Nobel Prize. We still <laughs> what. Well, We've still never had Danielle Perez on this show, have we? Um, oh, yeah, she won the Price is Right, right? Yeah, who has one of the greatest no, ever yeah. Price is Right winning yeah. moments. It went vi- very viral on account of her winning a treadmill and having no legs. <laughs> oh, God. That's <laughs> one of the best teams of all time. Yeah. It was magnificent. She, like, she, po- she posted a picture of her reaction face of her in the wheelchair. <laughs> it was great. Like, it couldn't have happened to a better person. Oh, yeah. She played that so well. She played it phenomenally. Mm, yeah. She's got a whole load of material at it. She got onto a Kimmel with it <laughs> to, to tell the story. Did she bring the treadmill with her? I believe she kept the treadmill at least for a bit. But yeah, she's a. Uh, it's we'll we'll link to that because it was very funny. And also, we should we need to rectify the fact that Danielle's never been on the show because yeah. she's awesome. I'm just looking up. But, what, has Josh Androsky? Because we have two friends. Who, I don't think Josh has ever been oh, either. Okay. We have two friends who have stories. That's a great prices, right? viral. Also, that is another viral yeah, Prices yeah. Right where he. Oh yeah, you got to link to that too. Very much on mushrooms. Ended up on the Prices Right, claiming to be, and I quote, 
a skateboard rabbi. <laughs> And as soon as Drew Carey heard that, he just said, "Moving on." Yeah, like, like, no, no further questions, Your Honor. Yeah, like the way like a school security guard with like some douchebag kid was like said a, like a dick thing around the side. Like I'm not gonna yep. engage this. I know how we do this. We this is on TV, on and now I have to handle this situation. Uh, um, so, three scientists have been yeah. awarded the Nobel Prize in Physics for groundbreaking discoveries about the universe. I'm going with the BBC articles on all three of these, by the way, because they write it up nicely. Uh, James Peebles, Michael Mayer, and Didier Quelos were announced as this year's winners at a ceremony in Stockholm. Peebles was honored for work on the evolution of the universe, while Mayer and Quelos won for the discovery of a planet around a sun-like star. So both of, both of these are these both of these were sort of discoveries from quite a while ago. It took a while for it to sort of filter through to become the Nobel. Yeah, uh, and. Yeah, the discovery was 25 years ago from Quelos. Is the, can I ask, is the, the planet, the sun-like satellite, are, they, are those them, like, maybe Earth planets everyone's yeah. looking for? Yeah, so I believe, I need to double-check this, but I believe that uh, the two, Michael Mayer and Didier Quelos discovered the first exoplanets. The, the dates no. seem about right from our guests and who've had expertise in this area. It's e- about 20, 25 years ago that was the big We've done some epi- We've yeah. done some episodes with experts on this in the past, because, yeah, 25-plus years ago, it was... I wonder if there is another Earth-like planet out there, or even if other or stars planet have planets. Yeah. And after their discovery, they just they discover the first one uh, by looking for things like gravitational wobble. They look, they look, they discover them in different ways. There's the wobble uh, of the star, which re- which is caused by the gravitational pull of a planet orbiting it, and then also the light flickering on and off as the s- planet, or sorry, dimming and going brighter as the planet eclipses the star as oh, it goes in front of it. it's lined up with your line of sight. And I think there may be other ways, but those are the two main ones that I'm aware of. And it, it's gone in this time from, oh shit, we've just discovered an exoplanet, to, oh, here's another one, to, oh, almost every star in the galaxy appears to have an exoplanet, at least one. An exoplanet, not- that is, is that specifically referring to, like, Earth-like planets? Or no, just, exos- any, or just out planets. Of, out of this solar system. Exo, okay. Just before 25 years ago, we thought, well, we know we, are, we have planets in this solar system, but it's possible no other stars have them at all, to there's one, to now the common consensus, I think, is that every star you see has at least one planet. That's so, so interesting. Billions upon billions upon billions. And we know, we, and there's a fun, uh, there's a bunch of like earthy ones. <laughs> I'm using the, that's the scientific pretty, term, I believe. Too many, there's too many out there for there not to be ones that are. Yeah. This it doesn't mean we know for sure that there's life, but like there's definitely ones in this one, size range and and yeah temperature range. This is this is a little. This is you reminded me the one science thing that I know for sure uh, I learned from uh, the movie Interstellar, which is any Earth-like planet is actually just going to be waves that can kill you. Sure, that's what I know. I forgot what my problem with those waves were, but I had one problem when I saw that movie. I'm that, not that, I mean problems. that they're hilarious nonsense. <laughs> that well, just, I think that there's just no way you could have water that's like sometimes three feet deep but also able to maintain a wave that's that is like big bigger than like a skyscraper yeah i think there's kind of a limit to the ratio of uh depth and like (laughs) i feel like it wasn't even in my memory i could be wrong but in my memory it wasn't even like three feet it was like it was like you could see the tops of their shoes and then they were like what's that (laughs) and it was like death waves from but i mean but now i'm just being the killjoy who's like 
you know, try to nitpick it. Yeah, well, I got to take apart movie. the great, sure. the late great Christopher Nolan, who's still alive. I don't know why I called him that. Yeah, <laughs> he's he's late to most meetings. Um, yeah, <laughs> still a good guy. I uh, also hated the fact that when the person stayed behind, I was like, "Hey, you guys go down there." And I know time's going to pass much more slowly for me. Yeah. So I don't care that it's going to be years till I see you. Again. Like he just yeah, like, he's bye just bye. so disinterested in and like. Then, <laughs> but he's smart enough to know that means he's going to be alone for fucking years. Oh no, he's just like, all right, enjoy puberty, daughter. I got to get yeah, out. Yeah, and, yeah. Yeah, that would be weird. I I feel like she's going to need thera- a therapist. Yeah. Oh no, no, the, not not that part. But when they no. leave the one friend behind to go down to the planet, and they know on the planet. Oh, that's right. Time's going to pass slowly for them, but quickly for him. Or. Whatever he'll be fucking old as shit when they come back. Anyway, wait. I do want to make. I do. We should probably. We should probably make sure not to create the the fake gossip that Christopher Nolan's always late to meetings. <laughs> <laughs> Where, that is not true. <laughs> the, the best way he could be. It's yeah. The best way knowledge. Probably not. <laughs> is this how much we all have to cover our asses in this town? Like I yeah. do love that it's finally coming out that Ellen's a piece of shit. Were <laughs> <laughs> the, the George Bush stuff? It's, it's just like whatever. It might cost me work. I don't think it will. But everyone I know who's ever worked for her says she's the worst person. But oh, she's really? America sweetheart it's like no it's why why can't these stories come out that that celebrities are secret monsters i actually don't have any background i've not heard anything one way or the other about her but i do find it no legitimate i mean yeah no all my 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 friends who know ellen but i do find it very it's just so nakedly a problem i think to uh be friends with uh, one of history's greatest murderers yeah like if you have to have friends there's so many other people you could be friends with you could be friends with just uh, someone that's murdered like i don't know seven people is so much less than how many he did murder on like it's just in the course of my day i try not to top like double you know i have a couple double murder friends okay yeah sorry you were literally murdering someone when we walked in (laughs) i don't want to be i don't want to be that guy but you were just pummeling someone to death in the alleyway first of all matthew kershon context is king that was his first fucking murder of the day (laughs) you yeah you now you you know you're you're cherry picking data which is not scientific what about is all right all right okay fucking um No, I like getting fake mad at Matt for like shaming your one, your not that many murders. I know, yeah, it's it's my. There has right. been while, while we are on this kind of subject, there has been talk of the fact that the Nobel prizes this year are super male, are uh, they? And even the the subjects that won for physics. It does look very much like they just waited for Vera Rubin to die before deciding. <laughs> oh, now it's the sort of exoplanet and cosmology. Turn to win this. Oh, because you can't yeah. do posthumous. You, it's not posthumous. That's yeah. Right. Well, I don't. To, to to my knowledge, female eyes can't see starlight. Well, that is true. <laughs> but I might. I will say that all, I got all of my information and in science from Jordan Peterson. <laughs> so. <laughs> No, I could be wrong. And he is a professor. He is technically a professor. He is legally a professor. (laughs) Just the way I legally have a motorcycle license, but I shouldn't be on one. (laughs) Do you? I do because I had a I had I had a I had a scooter. I had a it was like a Vespa, but it was two hundred dollars, and I got it on Craigslist, (laughs) and I rode that in college. So that I mean a a two hundred dollar broken scooter that I rode badly and got into three accidents in college is actually a pretty good comparison to Jordan Peterson's capacity to ingest and process and distribute information. I made uh, the mistake of watching like one, maybe one and a half YouTube videos, and then YouTube will fucking blow up your feed with oh <laughs> like, yeah no yeah. no 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 YouTube I swear I don't actually I don't agree with them I just oh want to no see yeah them. oh like yeah because you're like oh I want to see what some terrible asshole says and you click on it and then YouTube's like you should watch a video of like a Swedish guy like punching a doll of a black person because yelling at it right. yeah the no, algorithms are uh, 
Well, I, none of the algorithms need to have their shit together. Like, if you buy something on Amazon or eBay, or if you buy, like, a saucepan, then it's suddenly like, oh, you are Mr. Saucepan, the Saucepan King. Right. Oh, my God. You I clearly... I already have it. You, you live it. in a house of saucepans. <laughs> <laughs> I've also never heard this pronunciation of it, which I love. Wait, what was the, what was the pronunciation again? Would you prefer saucepan? We hit the pan. Oh, that's... Right I didn't know what the fuck you were talking about. I thought you were saying saucepan. I was like... <laughs> Uh, I wanted one source spoon, not 12. I don't want to shame you because you have a beautiful English accent and I find it attractive and compelling. It makes you seem smarter to me. Well, thank you. Yeah. It is a useful thing sometimes. So, yeah, Vera Rubin was one of the people instrumental in discovering dark matter. She uh, noticed the discrepancy between the predicted angular motion of galaxies and the observed one. That's amazing. Uh, But, uh, yeah, the person who won the... The re- the remaining half, James Peebles was the one of the, the main person behind the discovery of the, the prediction of the cosmic microwave background, which is the radiation that's the afterglow of the Big Bang, which can still be detected. Oh wow! And has helped them determine the age, shape, and contents of the universe. Wow! Wow! That's a that that information. That's a, that's a hard one for uh, people who think Genesis actually happened. The band? That's I a toughie. Fucking, I would argue that they... Uh, sorry. No. Oh, the, ba- no, the yeah. Phil Collins' yeah. Genesis? <laughs> well, Peter Gabriel's Genesis, even, sure. 30 seconds of silence. <laughs> but you put it behind the paywall. That's behind the paywall. Yeah, yeah that's for the Patreon only. <laughs> they, get a, they get a silent episode. Wait, that's amazing. They f- there's, I didn't know there's still resonance from the Big Bang. Yes. That's incredible. I don't know if this is true, but there's people always also say that like that's sort of what you're seeing with like static on an old CRT TV. I mean, I guess in the sense that it's like it is. Is that true? Because there is other I mean, radiation around right, yeah. in general. Yeah. Like it's origin noise, or it's just that's not. I don't quite get it because it's like how. I can't pretend to understand it because the, 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 this time and distance scale doesn't make sense. But then again, there isn't any like point that we can point to that was the original like space itself is stretching out. So it's not intuitive. I don't get it. I could, completely yeah. honestly, I I understood better what Matt meant by sore spoon than I did the thing you just said. <laughs> I was trying to rationalize why there would still be noise coming from a thing that presumably has sort of already boomed past us but it's not some linear thing it's not a thing that makes sense in three-dimensional terms anyway yeah so i've just decided it's okay if i don't understand it then just accept that there is just background noise from it you're so much fucking smarter than no me, i'm and saying I, i'm not terrifying smart. i don't get it i don't get but it. i didn't get you're not getting it okay. that's the level to which your intelligence like, is hovers above mine if you have some intuition that like the universe is still expanding from this big bang then like maybe in your mind's eye which is wrong there is like this central thing and everything is still kind of emanating from that as if it exists in in a three-dimensional space but like Space itself is has stretched out from the Big Bang, not just things in space. So I don't think intuitions apply in that way. Like, well, here's what I here's what to a direction yeah. in the sky and say that's where it happened or anything. Here's what I want: I want you to take that whole paragraph that you just said out loud and make it your uh, your your Tinder your your Tinder. <laughs> yeah, how did I know you were <laughs> that sentence? <laughs> Try the front and like a cool picture of you by a sailboat or sure. whatever. Yeah, 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 holding a dog. Pet peeves not understanding yeah. three-dimensional <laughs> complexities of the things. medicine Nobel Prize this year. <laughs> Thanks, Matt. No worries. Anytime. 
three scientists who discovered how cells sense and adapt to oxygen levels have shared the 2019 Nobel Prize for physiology or chemistry. Oh, that's interesting. Sense, sense and adapt. Yep. How our cells sense oxygen. So Peter Rat- Ratcliffe uh, at Oxford and Francis Crick Institute, uh, William Kalin of Harvard, and Greg Semenza of John Hop- Johns Hopkins share the Physiology or Medicine Prize. Their work is leading to new treatments for anemia and even cancer. The role of oxygen sensing is also being investigated in diseases from heart failure to chronic lung disease. Yeah, okay, but like we all, ever, they always front, they always up front, they say the thing that it'll help us, like whatever, some disease we all hate. But yeah. on the real, though, the real shit, how's the military going to use it to build super soldiers? <laughs> well, so the Swedish Academy, uh, the Nobel Academy, said the fundamental importance of oxygen has been understood for centuries, but how cells adapt to changes in levels of oxygen has long been unknown. Oxygen levels vary in the body, particularly during exercise at high altitude or after a wound disrupts the blood supply, Dan Dominguez. Uh, Super soldiers. And when they drop, cells rapidly have to adapt their metabolism. The oxygen-sensing ability of the body has a role in the immune system and the earliest stages of development inside the womb. If oxygen levels are low, it can trigger the production of red blood cells or the construction of blood vessels to remedy this. More red blood cells mean the body is able to carry more oxygen, and that's why athletes train at altitude. So drugs that mimic it may be an effective treatment for anemia. Keep coming back to disease, buddy. We right? know what you really look. Yeah. Well, meanwhile, tumors can hijack this process, and oh. hijackers, there we go, yeah. can to selfishly <laughs> create new blood vessels and grow. So drugs that reverse it may help halt cancer. Oh, wow. And the discovery was made by levels of hormone erythropoietin, EPO was shown to rise as those of oxygen fell. Mm. As the scientists dis- and the scientists discover this is because a cluster of proteins called hypoxia inducible factor HIF changing the behavior of DNA. Further works showed that when the oxygen levels were normal, cells constantly produced HIF only for it to be destroyed by another protein VHL. VHL. But when the oxygen levels Always fell, hated VHL. Yeah. It's, it's right? ugh, the worst of the proteins. <sighs> But when oxygen levels fell, VHL could no longer stick to HIF, leading to the buildup of sufficient levels to change the behavior of DNA. This like immediate, this like went from like a dry description to essentially a cellular level uh, telenovela. <laughs> <laughs> that's really exciting. Well, well, thanks, guys. There we go. So that's like that's medicine and physics. Physics. All right, let's do chemistry. I find I honestly find the idea of cells um, sensing. And adapting, I know it's. I know they mean it from like a physical sense, like like sense, like physio- physiological sensory, but like the idea of like cells actually. This is this is just the fun me like the science fiction part. Of, yeah, yeah, it's like, yeah. Well, like if you could create make individual cells sentient, it, like a like a Kurt Vonnegut Ice Nine cat and cat yeah. cats in the cradle kind of thing. I mean, cat's you, cradle. I, well, I'm halfway through a book on AI because we're interviewing its author in, next week, um, and there's an argument to be made. Like, how do you define intelligence? Yeah, what yeah, is it? I, I mean, it's the ghost I mean, in the shell thing, right? Like, yeah. what what is sentience? What is yeah? What is yeah? Our reflexes. I mean, I don't think we think that's enough. Um, but yeah, it's certainly. A but like, how does one draw the line? I do not know. Thought, no, you're, you're the science <laughs> podcast man. You know. I'm only halfway through the books. So I don't have the answers yet. I'll have all the answers. Fuck you. I, I bet just, you yeah. know, but you're like you're like holding your cards no, close to your chest. Right. Not until you hit the index. Yeah. <laughs> that that's always a joyful thing about a a nonfiction book. Oh. Is the index always comes just? There's always a bit less of book than right. you think there is. You're like, oh, I've still got another four chapters, and then 
Oh, yeah. Finish, they finished so, early. Yeah, you're like, <laughs> and we're interviewing the author in half an hour's time. And then suddenly... <laughs> And then you're like, oh, thank you, Index. But oh, not thank- to say these books aren't Life's good. Reading, they are, is, reading is they are pleasorable. They're already good. But, it's uh, the right. thorough- well, I do enjoy nearly all of the books that we've read for our authors on the show. But nearly all. I, I don't take- want to lie and say that I've enjoyed the vast majority. Vast majority. We, yeah. we, if we plug a book, it's, we like it. And we've, we had some really, we've been lucky to have some really good authors and some yeah, really good people I, on the I show. I just saw Randall Monroe's book is uh, number one um, in the science uh, yeah. subsection of... Amazon, I think New York Times. I think it was actually New York Times bestseller when it came out. Deservedly wow. so. Yeah. Can I ask? Just in, uh, yeah. So I don't. I don't want to like get you guys telling tales out of school. Uh, I don't think this is that private information. But who is the worst person in person of the authors, and what did they do? And was we, it legal or illegal? We've actually when you're the vast majority of the authors that we've had on the show are, are Skype interviews. Okay, that's true. That's so. Fair. I don't. I couldn't tell you to be honest, because most of them are just calling in, and then we have them. We have them for the forty minutes to an hour that the audience at home hears. Okay, well, I'll ask a less controversial. So, of the authors that have been in person, how many of them, when they use the bathroom, they're loud in the bathroom? <laughs> which Which authors have used your bathroom, Andy? I'm not entirely sure. Uh, Very yeah. few have. Ursula K. Le Guin. Sure. Um, well, I think everyone knows that. Yeah, she's. Yeah, she's. <laughs> She's monstrous and also definitely a guest on our show. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you missed that episode, then I'm sorry. It's not mm. we had to take you know it's premium only. Yeah, she was your Baba Booey for the first three years. <laughs> <laughs> she is good with the skits. Yeah, <laughs> comes in with the funny characters in the skit, and she does all the voices. Oh, that Ursula. Yeah. That would be a good sitcom name for her. Oh, oh that, that Ursula. Ursula. That's our Ursula. Call Chuck Lorre tomorrow. If only she wasn't dead. Is she dead? I think she's I dead. I think she might have died recently. I think she died. Yeah. No. She lived in Portland, right? Am I? Oh. There was some famous female sci-fi author lived in Portland who died recently. I don't I think it was her. Oh, no, it would have been then. Because, yeah, she did live in Oregon. She died in January last year. Yeah. Oh. R.I.P. Ursula. Top three favorite science fiction authors, Ursula. Little known, I don't know if, how many people know this, but she the last for the last couple years of her life she was a pretty well respected DJ, and she had a <laughs> she had a standing uh, at the Sands in Vegas. She was a sand in Vegas, oh, and she yeah? died in the middle. of Oh, the set. that's the same Ursula K. Le Guin. That's her. It's the same person. I saw her. I saw her DJing, and I just assumed it was just a different. No, it's her. Oh, well, that, well I know because oh, she was that, wearing her like Dead Mouse style yeah. giant yeah. head rig. Yeah, but that it was billboard her. on the brand that says UKLG. That's her. I didn't get. <laughs> that's didn't UKLG. Know, that's okay, her. UKLG. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she does a fat Edward Sharp yeah. in the Magnetic Mag- Zero's, Mag- Zero's home remix. <laughs> I think Hakonin took over for her. Is that DJ? I don't <laughs> know what these kids I don't know. Is. All I know are the billboards on the brand. That's all I know about Electronica. I know two things. I know all about science and how late Christopher is Nolan is to meetings. Right, he's so late to meetings. <laughs> it's awful. Ellen is friends with despots. <laughs> <laughs> She's got box seats with Idi Amin's kids to go see the Raptor. I don't know. I think <laughs> I think Chris is always on time to meetings. I'll I'll write. I want to write Interstellar too. Let's do it. <laughs> uh, Ursula, she she did die in Poland. She yes, did, she did. Poland, you are correct. Yes, she's like, wonderful. Happy about the death location. She she has not won a Nobel Prize or had not won a Nobel Prize, but she had won eight Hugo Awards, six Nebulas, and a lot of others. She's just it speaks to the nonsensically sort of low opinion that like sort of like the the like the criteria people have for science fiction when. Without question, her work should have at least been considered in the realm of the Nobel because it's just so sort of socially relevant and politically cogent and like so 
it's just so unique and uh, man i could anyway <laughs> sexism well, you know, that's what it was i mean it could be that it could, it could be that maybe you know sometimes someone just needs to bone up on a topic to get to get that better shot at the nobel prize you, know, oh. you need to like deep dive into something and really find out much more than a surface level i'm not trying to say she's not very smart but like sometimes <laughs> it takes you know like like a service that might present to you thousands well, of lectures some kind on, of subscription mm, service yeah that some might, kind of through some which <laughs> you might be able to stream Wait uh, a, a minute! Platforms lectures from from world renowned uh, professors and experts in in various fields in the sciences and the arts. I'm going to agree with you, and I just I think that's absolutely the first step to any Nobel Prize. Is this, there such a service? This 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 discussion about us it almost sounds like you're describing one of our sponsors, Andy. You know, now that I think about it, this is exactly the kind of service that the Great Courses Plus offers. That's an insane coincidence. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> This is, we're talking about lectures taught at a college level by experts who present the material in a way that's both fun and fascinating. You can explore everything from translating Egyptian hieroglyphs or discovering exoplanets to writing great fiction, ah, Ursula, or get tips on stress management. This is all if you go to thegreatcoursesplus.com slash probably. You can get a 30-day free trial and check out any of their lectures, anything on the platform which you can use on your set-top box, on your laptop, on your phone, you can listen to it as a podcast and then come home and watch the rest of the lecture on... I've been doing that quite a lot. I've been really enjoying the using the app when I'm driving around and just do, using it as a podcast and then getting home and switching over and the lecture just picks up straight where it cut off. Wow. Yeah. You can use like the Apple TV app that we have at home or you can just do it straight through your desktop yeah, and I think if you listen to this podcast, you're probably a curious-minded person who wants to expand your intellectual horizons. And for a lot of people, school was more about learning practical, marketable skills. But deep down, we all still love dinosaurs and space exploration and painting and playing music. So that's what the right I actually don't like painting. You don't like painting. And I don't... Deep down? Playing music seems stressful. I like listening to it. No, but I am all about dinosaurs and space exploration. Exactly. No, those are awesome. I'm for that. Very much into those. So sign up today, start your free month, go to thegreatcoursesplus.com slash probably. What, what course have you been doing recently? Because oh, yes. I've been, I've been uh, diving into the life and death of stars. Yeah, we both have. I've been enjoying that one a lot, which uh, is a great, visually beautiful course. Yeah, this one's actually one that I, it's all right as a podcast, but I would say you definitely benefit from having the pictures for this one because it's, uh, There's some things they've you can really, really gone all out with the, yeah. with the visuals on this one. It's a, you get to fly through the galaxies and really see what is being discussed and some really cool imagery from hubble yeah very worth checking out the life and death of stars so yeah if you use our code you get a full free month of unlimited access to the entire library so sign up today using thegreatcoursesplus.com slash probably that is thegreatcoursesplus.com slash probably should we uh go to the nobel prize for chemistry wait wait, wait hold on wait i want to can i can i make a fun can I make a fun joke yes is, you know, you know what would happen if uh, Christopher Nolan taught a Great Courses Plus class? What? There'd be eight minutes of silence at the beginning because <laughs> like he'd be Cage. late to it. <laughs> if John Cage taught one, yeah, yeah. The That's whole thing would be... I did it. You did it. Okay, now you, go, now it's, really, now you can go on. I feel like you're either going to be hired by or accosted by Christopher Nolan in the next week or so. Like you, we've, we've like candy-manned him into our lives by talking about him this much. I want to stress that I've never met him. I've never had a meeting and he's probably on time 
I'm as sure much as he's on time, I saw him, I saw him at the end of a screening of Dunkirk doing mm. a Q and A, and he arrived exactly when the credits rolled. Wow. Okay, that's that's ir- how punctual he is. on time. He may have li- lived at that theater that yeah. you were. Yeah. yeah, he was suspiciously on time. Classic Nolan. He is as punctual as Ellen is awful. Oh, uh, I'm just gonna double <laughs> hey, down Andy. on this secondhand information I have. Hey, but lots of secondhand information. Hey, you know how I'm able to watch the great courses plus lectures when I'm out and about. How is that? I yeah. can use it on my phone, which has a built-in lithium-ion battery. Uh-huh. The discovery of which, the invention of which, was the winner of the Nobel Prize for Chemistry oh. 2019. I can't figure out whether that was the most slick or least slick transition I've heard so far both. today. I think it was both. <laughs> can be. Jo- John B. By the way, so this can't be his real name. name. What? Perfect. By the way, this person, one of the three winners of this Nobel Prize, is both the oldest ever Nobel laureate at 97 years wow. of age, and also has... The coolest name of the Chuck Berryest name. I mean, like, mediocre Chuck Berry. His name is Professor John B. Goodenough. <laughs> no. It is. His name's John B. Goodenough. Okay. Johnny B. Wow, good and enough. it's spelled, spelled good, good enough. enough. It's yeah. spelled like the actual spelling. <laughs> it's spelled exactly. It really does feel like this is a joke that just went wrong. Yeah, just like, yeah he's like a 40, 40s like teeny bopper guitarist. A mediocre one. <laughs> like a, yeah, yeah, like a yeah. subpar. Or like the sort of Kaiser Soze. It's just yeah. like read <laughs> Just fuck it, that'll do. That's like if you were writing a parody of the <laughs> 1950s, you'd name people dumbass last names like that, like like o- optimistic, weird, generic. Uh-oh. I think the chorus of Johnny Be Good Enough would be, okay, 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 Johnny, okay, okay. <laughs> Johnny, Johnny Be Good Enough. Johnny Be Fine. <laughs> Johnny Be Fine. Yeah. He's hitting it right down the middle. Yeah. <laughs> he's, this, a, he's attractive this, enough to marry, but you're probably going to need to cheat on him. Oh, Johnny Be Good Enough. But he's just not, he doesn't have that extra. They just have, have this heart-to-heart after yeah. he catches her cheating, and she's like, Johnny, I just wanted you to... When, be a little better. What have I? What do I? Whenever they're hungry, good enough. <laughs> Wait, now I got, okay. Now I wrote the scene in my head where she, he's like, he catches her as like she's cheating on him, and he and she's like, what can I say? You just, it's it's the it's not. We don't have that spark. And he's like, you knew that I don't have that spark <laughs> when we got married. <laughs> I don't have that spark. My father didn't have that spark. His father before I him. Come from a long line of adequate people, and you know this. <laughs> It's on their, their their family crest is just like a dude shrugging. Yeah. <laughs> we're having a potluck. The good enoughs are coming. Do they have to bring ah, something? Fuck. All right, we're gonna eat a little of their casserole. Was, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's generic. The Trader Joe's frozen meal. Yeah. That uh, now listen, uh, that's that. I'm gonna defend that to the death. But uh, yeah, no. The mom is like, but it tastes fine, and you're like, that's the that's point. The point. It's, it's just okay. all it'll ever be. <laughs> Oh, Professor Goodenough. Those are all science jokes. <laughs> but anyway, Professor so Goodenough, to this. I'm joined by no. M. Stanley Whittingham and Akira Yoshino, mm-hmm. all share the prize for their work on the, these rechargeable devices, which are used for portable electronics. Well, I have a couple. I have some questions. So, A, he's 97. He's still fucking inventing shit. That's incredible. Well, well he also... This is for a while ago. Right? Yeah, it's, yeah, there is a lag on... That's when right. things get the Nobel Prize off, sometimes it's very quick. Because lithium, like lithium-ion batteries have been around for a long time. So yeah, yeah, and sometimes it's also something that was predicted in a, by a theoretical scientist a while back, and then is confirmed. Like the Higgs boson, like Higgs was one of the Nobel pr- laureates a few years back, 
and he won it the year that the Higgs boson was discovered, but Not years after he predicted it. Yeah, that makes sense. So it was like, hey, it's just been confirmed. You, here's your Nobel Prize. You were right yeah. 20 years ago. I mean, it that's, it's the cla- it's the difference between science and Scientology is you're not making it up on the spot, so it takes a while to award you. Yeah, well, that's the other thing. Even even when it's, like, the breaking news, like, no, apart from something like this, which literally is breaking news because it's when they announce it, Nearly all of the stories we covered on our sh- cover on our show are not news in that sense because yeah. they are things that are they've just been written up after many many years of work that yeah. people involved knew. But it's like you know it's at the point when like Scientific American wants us to know about it and or like exactly. Vice thinks it's somehow uh, cool. <laughs> so we, yeah. we are the least topical topical podcast around for the most part. But this is ripped out of the headlines. <laughs> but like the headlines from a, quite far yeah. down the, through the paper. Hey man, ripped from the perspective of uh, s- science. Yeah, from that perspective, yeah. it is a very immediate <laughs> g- giving to the audience of things you should know. Okay, so they are they used in electric vehicles. They used in rechargeable, renewable sources uh, for things like solar and wind power devices. They are found in the phones in our pockets and the computer that I'm currently reading this article off. Are they used in super soldiers? And if not, when will they be? I mean, well, what they else probably would, you would be. Yeah, there would be a certain amount of. Yeah. So the foundation of the lithium-ion battery. Uh, oh, by the way, Professor Goodenough said, "I don't ever <laughs> lobby for or look forward to this particular day, but I'm very happy it arrived." Well, pretty happy. <laughs> Honestly, that name is fucking insane. That's it's great. wonderful. It's so funny. <laughs> the The foundation of the lithium-ion battery was laid during the oil crisis of the seventies. M. Stanley Whittingham, who was born in Nottingham in the UK, worked to develop energy technologies that did not rely on fossil fuels. He discovered an energy-rich material called titanium disulfide, which he used to make cathode, the positive terminal in a lithium battery. Whittingham, who's now based at Binghamton University in the US, made the anode, the battery's negative terminal, from metallic lithium. This has a strong preference for releasing electrons, making it very suitable for use in batteries. If only he had, instead of inventing the lithium-ion battery, built a lithium sword and then used it to chop the heads off of every CEO <laughs> of every oil company. Well, there is... Here we go. Here is... Right. The, the resulting device was able to release just over two volts, but the metallic lithium made it explosive. Oh, cool. Right? So... John B. Goodenough, who is American but born in Germany, predicted that the cathode could be improved if it was made from a metal oxide rather than a sulfide. Smart. Yep. I wouldn't have thought of that. You wouldn't have done. You're you're not good enough. (laughs) Whoa. Whoa. Okay. Well, (laughs) I mean, a dick about it. (laughs) In 1980, after searching for the ideal material, Goodenough, who is a professor at the University of Texas in Austin, used cobalt oxide to boost the lithium batteries potential to four volts with good enough cathode as a basis akira yoshino created the first commercially viable lithium-ion battery in 1985 do you know what yoshino means in japanese I... it, it means good enough <laughs> that's true and he was born in osaka and he works for the As- asahi keisei corporation and mayo Meijo university is asahi is that one of those things like yamaha where in japan every company has to make everything like we make pianos and, and beer. jet yeah. skis and beer yeah. like yeah 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 uh, Yamaha is the most berserk of. Uh, is that another comp- oh, Yamaha, Yamaha is, yeah, yeah, is the yeah. Like, what do they make? They well, make. I mean, I know a lot of the stuff. Yeah, every jet they make world class pianos yeah. and guitars <laughs> right. and motorbikes. And it's such a disparate skates. set of. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's got to be entire other branches we're forgetting. They are sort of like a TV professor as a multinational corporation. Right. Yeah, 
What's in my lap? <laughs> Why, you need a piano? Hold tight. You want some uh, chocolate, a jet boat, and, uh, <laughs> and, and a bunch of and swords? fireworks? I don't know. Fuck it. Uh, Let's yeah. go to Yamaha's house. Real polymath of a company. Oh, I I so Sony, I didn't realize Sony released the first commercial lithium-ion batteries in 1991 based oh. on Yoshino's configuration. Thanks, Sony. And it, it is Professor Rastrom, who's a Nobel Committee member, says the battery is a very, very good battery. It's high powered with high energy efficiency. Good enough. So it's found all applications almost anywhere. I really wish his quote had ended it. That's a very, very good battery. (laughs) That'll do, pig. It's in my top five favorite batteries, said the Nobel Commissioner. (laughs) It is a good boy. (laughs) It is good enough, said the Nobel Commissioner. Just good enough. Uh, I do now want to look up. Good enough as a surname. It's there's no way it means anything but what it means. I am positive he changed his last name, and no one before or after him has been had that last name. No good enough good surname enough. origin. Yeah, good enough. Good enough. Actually, here we go. It's from ancestry.com. dot com. Good enough. Uh, yeah. From from the Middle English, good equals good, and ino equals. Oh, become enough. Yeah. <laughs> wait, wait. Rene suggests it was bestowed on one who was easily satisfied. <laughs> May also be used with reference to one whose achievements were average. Good enough, though not outstanding. Possibly a nickname meaning good lad or good servant. Wow. Okay. From the Middle English god knave. Or, so, or good kunafa, meaning boy or servant. So, like eight hundred years ago, they found this. They were like this dude so perfectly embodies just middlingness <laughs> in a human being. What should his last name be? But what an inspiration for all of us, because it shows yeah. that like science is rarely born of one genius inspiration, but of like hard work from someone who just it was just good enough. Yeah, resilient. A, it's a collection. It's a collection. And if of you're good enough, and you re- you instill those values in your offspring then maybe eventually they could win a nobel prize this sounds uh, this is a counterintuitive lesson very Stuart smalley isn't it it's very al franken yeah (laughs) he looks in the mirror and says i'm good enough do you smart enough do you think that you are sort of in a holistic way totally unspecial try inventing shit (laughs) i mean we're all just trying to fucking fill the void right i mean yeah i gotta be honest i i'm gonna go out on a limb and say that good enough despite his name seems like a, a pretty pretty bright fella yeah, I'd say he's yeah. probably up, up there. Yeah. He's yeah. probably handy with the book learning, <laughs> as he would say. He looks like a pretty cool dude, too. He's got the giant old man eyebrows, but he has a... Oh, and he's got those... Picture. I, I mean, I've only hey, seen the me, one picture. Let me get the picture open again. Looks, but like, he, looks like a happy guy. He's got a, he has a trihawk, three mohawks, which is crazy for a 97-year-old. <laughs> oh, no, he has a face like death. Oh, come on. <laughs> that guy, Jesus. Well, he is 97. That's true. I mean, even his ears are sagging. I mean, okay, he's 97, that's fair. When does that start? Ear sagging? I think your ears constantly grow and the rest of you doesn't. And you shrink. Oh, is that what it is? Is like cartilage or something keeps growing, but the rest of you... So why don't we have like noses that are as long as our dicks by the time we're like 80? Like, that's (laughs) suspicious. That happens too, doesn't it? Because the dick shrinks to match the nose. (laughs) Oh, sorry. Yeah, the nose... The the nose is pulling cartilage from the penis. (laughs) Yeah. That's science, right? Where is our Nobel Prize for chemistry? Once again. Those scarf magic tricks where you're pulling on one and the thing's coming out. I can literally hear the Nobel committee, Committee building a award for you as you're talking no. <laughs> about the nose dick connection the nose dick connection mm-hmm. 
Where are those all the does all the, are those all the cool Nobel prizes? Those are all the Nobel prizes. This there are some other non-Nobel stories that we have a little bit of time for. Okay, I think. How long have we been recording for, Andy? Um, just about an hour. It looks nice. All right. Well, I think we got time to squeeze in another. Maybe I don't know if you. We maybe squeeze in one extra Patreon bonus story as well, if there is. Hell yeah. Well, you've already got those two Patreon eerie 30-second silences. Yeah, so we'll put those out as a separate track, and then... Paywall. Paywall silence. (laughs) There is. uh, Implanting false memories in a bird's brain changes its tune. Whoa. Hmm. Right? (laughs) What? Yeah. Well, that's the most... This new scientist article. This is the most on-its-face... Super villainy sounding decision to experiment and do that. It does. Changing the memory of birds. It's young zebra finches, or zebra finches as I guess Americans would call them, have had memories implanted in their brains that change the length of the notes they sing. Wow. The process involved manipulating a region of the brain that birds use to learn their song. The finch's song consists of a series of short notes or syllables. They normally learn their song by memorizing the song of their father then slowly learning to copy it wow todd roberts at the university of texas southwest medical center southwestern rather and his colleagues are working on understanding how memories are encoded in the brain particularly memories that guide the development of speech and social skills previous work has shown that a region of the brain in birds called hvc is important for learning songs and disrupting its activity interferes with the ability to learn songs this area receives input from another area called NIF, and neurons in this structure fire at the beginning and end of syllables. That suggests these neurons have a role in coding the length of syllables. So to investigate further, Robert's team used a technique called optogenetics to manipulate neuron, neural activity at the connections, or synapses, between NIF and NHVC neurons. This involves inserting genes into neurons that allow them to be controlled by light, and then using a small fiber optic cable or se- several small fiber optic cables to shine light onto the selected brain area. Wow. Robert's team performed the experiments on young male zebra finch- finches that had never been exposed to singing adults but were starting to f- develop their own song. The group then analyzes difference in the final tune about 30 days later. Wow. When the team used short pulses of light, the birds produced songs with short syllables. With long pulses, they produced songs with long syllables. Mm. We identified a pathway in the brain that if we activate it, it can implant false memories for the duration of the syllables without the bird having experience of another bird. Wow. I'd so, I so, I so badly in my head. There's like, they're all doing like, they're all just doing it to, you know, doing this, you know, to find the relevant information and learn new things. But there's like one scientist in there uh-huh. who's only doing it. Cause he wants to put in super depressing memories of the bird's <laughs> dad into birds. <laughs> <laughs> He's just like I like making him sad. He's just trying to create like bird superhero origin stories. It's like, but yeah, it's like, uh, it's like, or yeah, like a uh, bird's like Uncle Ben die story, or yeah. like, uh, yeah, great, <laughs> comes great. <laughs> He's like, I figured out a way to make the birds fake remember that their dad refused to say I love you, no matter what they did, no matter what accomplishments they had. Could, could they get it to like swear in Morse code? Oh yeah, oh, <laughs> yeah specific series of short and long chirps. That I want to know what cool. the memories are that create swear noises in birds. Yeah. <laughs> like, what are um, 
doesn't, by the way, so it says syllable length is just one aspect of the z- song that the finches have, to, the zebra finches have to learn. Other features such as pitch and the combination of syllables into sequences are likely to be more difficult to encode, but Roberts hopes his team will eventually be able to implant these too. Wow. Dozens of genes involved in the vocal learning that end- underpins human speech show similar patterns of activity in songbirds. In light of these similarities, Robert says mechanisms of vocal learning in the bird brain could serve as a model for understanding how animals learn from social experiences. We can use this information to perhaps pinpoint circuits in the brain that might be particularly affected in neurodevelopmental conditions like autism. A previous study showing, showed we can implant memories in mice that make them expect to find a reward in a particular place. Applying such techniques in humans is a long way off, but we hope we will one day be able to alter memories associated with psychological trauma. And See, make people chirp instead. They always go to, the, you know, we're doing this to make autism better or Alzheimer's or whatever. But the application, super soldier, super it's soldier. so obvious, yeah. right? Fake memories for super soldiers? Clearly. We can't even say, I don't want to say the show because it'll say what the spoiler is for it. But you've seen the show that is related to that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we won't say what it is. So It's the Golden Girls. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone knows. It's been out forever. There's no spoiler alerts on shows from the 80s. I thought that was Golden Palace. It was like the spin-off. Yeah, it's Golden Palace. That's what caused the spin-off. It was like the start of that. So I beat Arthur left after her. After no. she was, her head was ripped off by Matt. There was never a Golden Palace. That was a fake memory implanted <laughs> in you by the Pentagon of a spin-off to the Golden Girls oh. to get you to uh, go to Iran and destabilize it. Why are you chirping that information at me now? And I'm yeah, I'm saying it on chirps. <laughs> I mean, fake guys. We we gotta. All right. Here's the thing. I look. I don't have the. I don't have all the money in the world. But we gotta invest in some fucking fake bird, fake memory, super soldier shit right oh, now. Fuck. Like this is money in the bank. How do we get in on the ground floor of this? Yeah. I'll talk to my guy. <laughs> I got a guy. Your internet guy. That's my internet. He's kind of. He's like a Yamaha of like guy that has shit. Okay, like he's sure, got. He's yeah. got all the connections. He does the all the things. Things guy. Yeah. He's yeah, like, you want a fucking Golden Girl spinoff? I'll get you three. You want a saxophone? You want a wave runner? <laughs> yeah, if you buy the wave runner, you gotta get the saxophone. It's a twofer. Now that I think about it, how come Yamaha doesn't do the coolest ads yeah. in the world? Because they could have an ad of the dude on a wave runner rocking out to fucking like yeah, be sick. Baker yeah. Street on sax and yeah. advertising like, all their stuff. Yamaha, you can buy anything in this picture, <laughs> yeah. including that guy. We built him. Yeah. We fucking invented pizza. Fucking, I dare you to prove us wrong sure, probably. <laughs> man why not dude i think yeah those would be dope dude you should be in advertising that's a good I should specifically be in yamaha advertising yeah. you gotta that'll get gen z to hop on the yamaha bandwagon yeah are they against yamaha for some reason what are the kids like for jet ski brands right now oh no, all i don't see these millennials i'm not i don't know if the kids have a jet ski brand per se they could I don't know a whole lot about what well, the kids want. Well, you know that the kids now aren't spending enough money on things like jet skis, and that's tanking that's the economy. Oh, yeah, because yeah. they don't have any money. <laughs> oh, yeah, because the 1% off. forgot to give them any spending money whatsoever. Yeah. <laughs> Oops. And now the bottom is really falling out of the jet ski market as a result. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the biggest, that's, that's certainly the biggest problem we're facing. It's really trickled out. I mean, if, you, if people bought enough jet skis, so many problems in society would get solved. Let's not forget like how crucial that is. 100%. As a linchpin into our economy. You know who would be on time more if he had a fucking jet ski <laughs> to get you. him places? Is Christopher fucking Nolan. <laughs> He's the one who's decided to live on an island. Like, why? You work in Culver City. You need to get... It's, it's not practical. Yeah, and you just... There's an ocean. You need a, yeah. a kind of sea transport, <laughs> nope. man. I don't think he's late to stuff. I need to. Say, I, I gotta think, say that once again. I don't think he works in Culver City. I, all I think is that 
I think he's think one thing. Christopher Nolan would appreciate the secret monster. <laughs> no, Christopher Nolan would appreciate this. I think Christopher Nolan is a fake implanted memory. Oh, in all in us all, incepted into us, incepted to make us super soldiers. I think the three of us are super soldiers. Okay, and I'm not just saying that to be supportive. Um, I think I'm a pretty good. I'm a good enough soldier. You have pecs, bro. Do the, the audience know that he has fucking beautiful pecs? Oh, it's been mentioned. They're going away. They're going away post surgery because I can't uh, can't work out. What? Oh no! I have for another like six weeks. Well, your face is still attractive. Okay, thank you. Yeah, don't worry about it. Uh, <laughs> Daniel, yeah, man. Dan, where can our listeners find you and your works? You can find my works on television. Uh, you can find uh, Seis Manos, uh, the newest wonderful project I got to write with, the, again, the brilliant Elvar Rodriguez and Brad Graber uh, on uh, Netflix uh, starting October 30, 2019, which was a week ago today, and who knows when this podcast airs. Um, it won't come out before then I'll say that there you go because <laughs> yeah, that is the past even now that's the past yeah. <laughs> yeah, until, yeah. Yeah. so it will definitely be viewable it'll be out yeah. I am already I will probably have finished the series yeah. or the episodes that have been released so far by the time I yeah. by the time you listen to this you can look I'm at, already well yeah. on the way all my other TV shows that I wrote on are on IMDB you can find it there I'm actually very particularly proud of the picture of me on IMDB so feel free to look at that I and, did see that earlier oh and I'm on Twitter now uh, for the first time in ever uh, no I started yesterday because I was like ah there's a lot of Taste Monos fans now and I wanted to like thank them and interact with them so now I am officially on Twitter I am uh, at the Doming Horse <laughs> which is confusing T-H-E-D-O-M-I-N-G Horse So interact with that If you're a fan of Phil. Seis Manos Or just in or, general Hit me up Or Captain you, Underpants You wrote you, you were involved in that Yeah I wrote on Captain Underpants cross, Spongebob Squarepants Crossover Crossover to past um, Original host Brooks Whelan Who's the voice on the Big Hero 6 series Which you wrote an episode Yeah I did an episode of Big Hero 6 That one's super fun That's a great show Yeah all sorts all it's, sorts of things but yeah definitely check out i believe you need to get quite a large number of people watching on netflix to yeah if you they, they watch it so they give us th- a bunch of seasons and then i can use and then i'll buy use my money to buy a third apple tv <laughs> <laughs> i don't buy a lot i just buy apple tvs smart <laughs> thanks man well buy that load it up with a great courses plus using our login and uh thank you so much dan we'll, yeah. we'll p- patreon listeners uh, we will I think there might be a fun punishing bee story I just found. I think that might oh, be yeah? our Patreon bonus story. Oh hell yeah! Let's we'll do just that. talk about the self-driving car thing that just came out today. Well, let's, let's do, do both. Sure. Let's do a, yeah. let's do a double quick story. I'm in. Let's do it. But every listener, thank you so much. As always, you can send us messages, anything you want us to cover, questions, comments, clarifications, stories to probablyscience at gmail.com. You can find us at Probably Science, Facebook slash Probably Science, individually at Andy T. Wood, at Matt Kirshen. ProbablyScience.com is where you can find all the show notes, links to the stories we cover, and also our Patreon and PayPal donation links. Thank you very much to everyone who helps us financially and everyone who listens and spreads the word, says nice things about us on social media, writes nice things about us on iTunes and similar. We really appreciate all of that daniel dominguez thank you so much for joining yeah. us thanks thanks nice people who listen to the show you're i love each and every one of you individually bye bye, bye.